Time of Black here in Las Vegas for EDM Biz 2014, and I'm here with Brian Zisk from San Francisco Music Tech, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Yeah, man. You, uh, you were a speaker on a panel yesterday. How was that? It was great. I mean, you saw the people who were on the panel with me, and anytime you're going to get, you know, Ron Burkle's EDM guy, and, and Skip Page, and the Guggenheim Partners, and John Boyle, I mean, you can't, you can't not have a great panel when you've got folks like that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're at this conference. It's a two-day EDM business. The name is kind of what it is. EDM biz, um, two days in Vegas, and this is the second day. It's been a really, really great um, music conference. It's, the energy is intense. I mean, people are, are, you know, part of this burgeoning movement that's both a social movement and a, and a business movement. And, you know, you're not hearing anybody complaining about how things aren't going great. You know, it's all like, you know, it's, it's breakout time. Something that, you know, and I, you're the same way. You go to a lot of conferences. You throw your own conference. We'll talk about that. But I go to a lot of conferences, and something that, this has exactly what you're saying. It's really motivating to hear so many people doing well. I almost didn't think about it until you phrased it like that, but hearing so many people talk about things going well and the victories they're experiencing in the music and the EDM and the tech space, it's, re, it's reinvigorating. It's, it's something that I think people need to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's really a great time. And, you know, with Insomniac throwing this and them, you know, having partnered with Live Nation, which seems to be working out really, really well. It's taken a little bit of the stress off and allowed them to have the resources to throw bigger and better events. And, you know, with SFX's IPO and, and you know, artists and managers and people doing just spectacularly well. I mean, it really... It's it's a it's a good atmosphere when you're in a room of 900 people and you know 300 of them are really just you know totally kicking uh, ass. Yeah. yeah kicking yeah. ass I could say that on this broadcast Absolutely. okay so yeah it's it's really I mean to be up there with folks like Skip Page who's talking about you know the first Coachella where we couldn't pay anyone and this and that and then it's all of a sudden it's like. Oh, well, we're doing great. I know what we'll do. We'll do it two weekends in a row. Now we're doing double great. And it's, it's really uh, awesome to deal with these folks who are like, you know, when they started out, it was really like, he's like, oh, I wanted to throw some punk shows because, you know, we couldn't throw them anywhere in, in, in L.A. or around L.A. So we took over a boxing ring and started doing punk shows. And now it's like, you know, 100,000 plus people coming out for, you know, dozens and dozens of bands, it's really inspiring. I mean, because, you know, when you start out, it's, it's, you may have faith in yourself, but it's hard to have vision as to where it's really going to go. And then you look at these people who are doing things like Pasquale with EDC, and it's like he's got, you know, people jumping out of airplanes with fireworks shooting off. I mean, it's just like, it, it's, it, it, it gets to a point where if, if there's the money there, that you can really do essentially anything. And it takes these, these visionaries like Pasquale who are like, you know, the money may follow, but he's not in it for the money. He's in it to throw the most amazing party he possibly can. And that's why it's, it's one of the world's best parties. Yeah, I mean, I think people need, I think the music space especially, needs that good news. It needs these victories. It needs these wins because we're coming off of more than a decade of really grim news. Almost any time you, yeah. you know, head to Billboard or Rolling Stone, it's always yeah. like album slumping, streaming slumping, people not getting paid for this. 
And then the EDM space is this big, huge W. You know, it's pretty interesting. Yep, and especially because not only is it a financial win, but it's such a social win. You know, when you get 100,000 like-minded people all out to party together and to connect and to build community, it's like if they were losing money, it would still be fabulous. But the fact that people are doing very well while creating these socially beneficial events, it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. Now, you know, you're coming, obviously, from not, far, not too far away, San Francisco, where you host and produce San Francisco Music Tech. How many years has that been going on now? Uh, we've been doing it for seven or eight years. We're up to our 15th show. We're doing our 16th show on November 11th. It's unclear. I mean, I have so much fun doing them, but, you know, I think it's time to move to Hawaii. So we may do <laughs> Hawaii Music Tech. We may keep doing SF Music Tech. We may branch to other cities. I have folks... You know, great teams of folks all around the world who are like, you know, let's bring it to Paris or New York. So I don't really know what I'm going to do, but it's been really great because so many people have gotten to connect and businesses have been able to move forward. And it's it's a really, as you know, it's just a wonderful, wonderful event. But, you know, but I'll tell you, surfing every day in Maui doesn't sound so bad either. Well, you know, if I can throw a vote in, Chicago does have a lot of tech and industry coming in that Rahm Emanuel and the Obama administration are bringing in, and obviously we got the music. So my vote, Chicago. But then again, if you threw it in Hawaii, I could definitely see myself going out to that as well. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I love Chicago. It's such a world-class city, and it's one of those, you know, cities that really produces, uh, you know, unique American musical art forms, you know, from, from... you know, the urban blues back in the day to a lot of the rap and hip-hop coming out today. And, you know, it's got a great scene, and it's, it's a world-class city that I love. So I was there last year for... For the, for the yeah, the... Um, forget if it was called the Chicago Music Chicago Summit. Chicago Music Summit, yeah. Or whatever, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was great. You know, the, they came out to SF Music Tech, and we're like, hey, how, how do we do this? And it's like, really, just do it. And especially because, you know, you've got the city backing there, and you've got so many artists who who could really, I mean, it's so tough as an artist today that if you can have these events where you can really learn how to move your craft forward and learn how to move, you know, the the music industry and the region forward, I mean, that's just so beneficial to everybody that, that, you know, I I assume you're having it again this year and every year from now on out. and, And as with most of these shows, as long as there's a real good core there, which I know you know, the Chicago Music Summit has, they get better and better and better. And I mean, like, here, this event, it's like, the first year was really good. And then last year was, like, even better. And this year, it's just over the top. And It's exciting. It's inspiring. It, it really is. And that's the sort of energy that any industry or region really needs, which is why, you know, for Chicago or New York or Boston or Miami, I mean, like what we did in San Francisco, we ended up with, you know, dozens of companies that came to our show and decided to relocate there, bringing hundreds, if not thousands of jobs. And if we can do this all around, like, I don't know how many people are employed by the EDM industry, but I mean, you know, we have that survey from the IMS that was saying it was a $6.2 billion industry, and then you have all of these folks going, well, actually, that's too small, because it reaches an age group that people are so hot to reach that when you start adding the whole, you know, lifestyle around it, and it really... It, it, Everything it touches is much larger than even that six billion. So it's it's pretty neat because it's tough when you have something that may be shrinking or this or that. 
But when you start expanding it to, to benefiting all these other areas around it, there's more money that, that circles through it, and it's better for everybody. Now, you know, obviously, with you doing San Francisco Music Tech or Maui Music Tech or whatever it becomes, you know, I know that the next one's coming up in November. And so where we are in 2014, where we're going to be, you know, this fall, winter, what do you see as some of the topics or issues that are really going to be facing or affecting the conference this year? You know, because every year there's kind of different things going on. The year sure. I went, um, Stage It was a big discussion, BitTorrent was a big discussion, but, you know, everything changes. Things do change, and in reality, the next show is six months away, five months away. I don't really know what's going to be hot. I mean, clearly, uh, the direct-to-fan stuff is still going to be huge. The whole, uh, you know, band camp, and how do you find ways where artists can support, uh, where fans can support artists, where the artists get, you know, the, the vast majority of the money. I mean, and there's, there's so much around rates and streaming services and consolidation and I mean the what's going on with Spotify will be a big issue because either they're going to be having their IPO or they're not and either way that'll be a big issue but Apple and Beats and I mean there's there's so much going on I mean one thing that I think is coming and I don't really know if it's going to be here in time for the next summit are these sort of apps that connect affinity groups of fans. So where, you know, whether you're going to a festival or you're, you're, you're an artist fan or, or, or a fan of a particular artist, where through your interest groups and your interest graft, you're connected to have better and more fun experiences. So, so that's really coming, you know, and then the whole, you know, how do we better ensure that, you know, ticketing makes sense because as we all know, you know, if tickets aren't sold and then the show happens and then it's the day after, that was worth nothing. So a lot of, you know, how to, how to fill the seats and how to figure out how to better navigate events and festivals and, you know, logistic type things, how to, how to better run a festival or, I mean, and then there's a lot around music creation tools, like what was just being shown off in there now, but, you know, different ways where where artists can use these modern tools to create music better. I mean, another thing that I think is huge, and you know, I may even be doing a startup around it, but you know, around rights tracking and how to better ensure people are getting paid. I mean, especially as you know, stuff like EDM becomes more and more popular, it's like you'll have songs with tons of samples, and you know, and how do you make sure that the right people get paid? And that's a really, really big issue. And, you know, I have some ideas on it. It's it's a tough one because there are so many, you know, interested parties and there are so many folks who are like, you know, oh, no, I didn't use any samples. And then it's like, well, actually, you did. Uh, you know, so it's a really, really complicated issue, one that really hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, but I'm confident that uh, people are going to be able to make a lot of progress on that in the next, you know, three to 24 months. Well, you know, kind of looking at everything that's happening here, and you have a lot of, kind of like we're talking about, a lot of really, like, good news coming out of this. You know, I mean, you know, as somebody who deals with so many companies, who produces this conference, who attends other conferences, you know, who's very embedded in the music space, how far do you think we are from really kind of turning a corner eventually and getting this industry on track where it becomes something where it's not just... You know, Lord is doing well, but you know, for every Lord, there's a hundred thousand artists that are not doing well. Do you think we're ever going to get back to the point where, like, this is a platform? It's a there's a foundation that works, and artists in general who aren't Lord or who aren't Metallica or Katy Perry or Usher 
you know, can do this again and have it be something that's not breaking their back? Sure. I mean, it's a, it's a tough question because clearly plenty of artists are doing great now. Right. Clearly way more artists are never going to do anything. So when you talk about artists as a class being able to kind of support themselves, it's really more about the opportunities available to the individual artists and how they can take advantage of it. And when you say get back to, I mean, it's, it's a hard question because, you know, there are certain revenue streams that are gone forever. I mean, you know, no one's going to get rich selling 40 million copies of one CD. I mean, no one's going to Borders and buying a $19 Eminem album. Yeah, I mean, you know, they may individually, but you're not, you know, but that was always the thing. It was like you need the Led Zeppelins or the Bruce Springsteens who would claim to sell 73 million albums of a, you know, if you're generating a billion dollars off of 10 songs, I, I don't think we are ever going to see that again. But that said, it's like, if you can draw even a couple hundred artists, I mean, if you, uh, a couple hundred fans, if you could draw a thousand fans, you traditionally can make a lot of money, or you're making whatever, 20,000 at the door, 30,000 at the door, 15, 40, whatever it is. Um, but now it's like, okay, you can extend it to where, okay, out of these thousand people who will come see me, if I could get a hundred of them to come visit from out of town, so instead of they're each spending a hundred dollars on the show, they're spending three thousand dollars to come, and I'm taking ten percent, so I'm making a hundred dollars on the ticket, another three hundred dollars on the travel. I mean, there are a lot of these ancillary things, so it's true. You don't make that much money on YouTube, but you make not that much on YouTube, not that much on Pandora, not that much on Spotify, more touring, some from Radio Play, you do some syncs. Um, I do think that we are in a state now where, uh, you know, I think it has bottomed out. And I think we're growing again. And I think the hardest part is that it's different things that are generating money. So it's much tougher. You can't so much be like, oh, I wrote a great song and someone covered it and all of a sudden I'm getting all this money because their album sold 10 million units, so I got 10 cents per, you know, it's stuff like that has gone away. But for these, you know, lower mid-level artists, if you can do a festival or you can draw a crowd, there's money to be made. So, you know, at what point does the industry shift to be larger, I think that's when we expand the definition of what the industry is. Because if we're talking about the industry being plastic carriers that music is embedded on, <laughs> that, that business is never coming back. But if you're talking about how much money gets funneled to artists, I'm optimistic that that's a pie that's going to grow and be larger than it ever was very soon. Well, you know, final question, because, you know, a lot of discussion about music, but half of your event is music and tech. Right. You know, half is music, half is tech. So, you know, on the tech side, what are some tools? You know, obviously everyone knows about SoundCloud. Everyone knows about YouTube, and those are great tools. Right. Love the people at SoundCloud. But what are some tools that maybe you've been hip to or that, you know, you, you've featured the, the people at the conference in years past? 
what are some tools that could benefit artists that maybe they don't know about that could be making them money or be, you know, opening them up to new opportunities or new audiences? Well, there are plenty. I mean, and a lot is what, what works well for you. So in reality, Bandcamp's one of my favorites because you upload your tracks, you say, I think I should get $10 for it. People on average will pay you $15. So I can already heard Stan recently. He said someone paid him $180 for his album. And that's a very, that's a lot for an album. So you do need that a lot. There are so many, and a lot of it is What's new and what's your medium? I know folks who are using Instagram to build their fan base. Instagram is huge. In, in Chicago, I see promoters using, young college promoters, you know, 19, 20 years old using Instagram, and they are putting some of these middle-level artists that we've heard on the radio to shame in their social reach. And there are folks here who are, like, working with artists, and all of a sudden, if you've got millions of followers, and, you know, you can start getting endorsement deals around it, and... and all of these fun things. So really a lot is what's hot now and how can you get on it and build it as, it's, as it explodes. So whether it's, you know, Vine or Snapchat or WhatsApp or, you know, even the more traditional ones, the, the Twitters or, you know, Facebook's getting tougher and tougher, unfortunately. But, you know, things that allow you to stream and capture the money, whether, you know, you were talking about Stage It or... or you know, there are really more and more all the time. And it's really like, what can you do? You know, it used to be, if you're going to have an event, how do you promote? And you're putting up signs on the street corners and this and that. And now it's like, between stuff like Jukli or applause, it's like, there are ways where one person, or even Facebook, that if they're, you know, an energy center for a crowd, they can bring all these people together to your events. So how do you take the, the thrill of, you know, people coming and connecting with you and turn it into an entire social movement? And that's what I think a lot of the technologies these days are, are really doing well. Another thing that, that's happening between folks like Splice and Gobbler, there are much better tools for allowing people to collaborate on music either over time or with sort of version control or remotely. It used to really be you'd have an engineer and he'd be keeping track of you know where everything is on all the master tapes and combining them and this and that. And now it's becoming much easier to do automatically as opposed to, you know, having individuals just trying to, to, to track it all. And especially with the reductions in cost and online storage and all of this stuff, it's not like, I mean, I hear stories of these, you know, multi-track masters that were written over because, you know, whatever, it was, you know, 200 bucks a tape, so we couldn't just keep this master forever and you're sitting there going you wrote over this classic album and that doesn't need to happen anymore well I mean so much to talk about in yeah. all these spaces uh, Brian's us from San Francisco Music Tech uh, you know I've attended the conference I love it I think there's great stuff there and I think there's great stuff happening here man thanks for taking some time out of your EDM biz schedule to talk to Dynasty Podcasts really appreciate it thank you very much awesome